What do you think of when you hear the words Beagle Brigade? Is it a team of specially trained dogs making sure agricultural pests and diseases don't make it into the U.S.? That's what the Beagle Brigade is, and lawmakers are trying to get permanent funding for the training. I'm talking today with one of those lawmakers, Congressman Dan Kildee of Michigan, who introduced the Beagle Brigade Act in the House. I'm Sabrina Halverson. Let's get into this week's Agnet Weekly. So thank you again for taking a couple of minutes for me today. I appreciate it. I wanted to talk about the Beagle Brigade Act. So this offers protection for farmers. And I'd like to start out, if you would, just by telling our listeners a little bit about what the act is and why you think it's important. Sure. So it's an act with a cute name, but a very important purpose. Uh, The Beagle Brigade Act helps protect America's food supply from foreign pests, from diseases that could come in uh, through agricultural products that come through our borders. We would authorize permanently a national center to train detector dogs, which are mostly beagles, uh, and their customs and border patrol handlers to sniff out those prohibited items that could carry plant pests or animal diseases into the country. So it's really about making sure that this program that has been proven to be very effective is a permanent part of our defense against products that could come in and undermine American agriculture. And this is uh, your second time, I believe, actually introducing this act. So you obviously you think it's important enough to keep trying. Is it picking up any more traction this time? It is. And I think particularly in a year where we take up the farm bill. Like later this year, that's going to be really a major piece of legislation that comes up. We, we do a farm bill every five years. And so our hope is that since Um, The House Agriculture Committee unanimously approved the legislation through their process. That's a big step forward that we could potentially see this legislation included in the farm bill that we know almost certainly will get negotiated between the House and the Senate and land on the president's desk later this year. And that is a great point and, and a good strategy, too, to, like you said, to do this in a farm bill year when there is such a focus on how important agriculture is and how important it is to keep American agriculture safe. So maybe we will see it go through this year. I uh, hope so. I mean, agriculture, particularly in Michigan, is such an important part of our economy and our culture, our heritage, that something like this, I think, is a natural fit. So we already have dogs that do this type of thing for for drugs. We have, you know, obviously drug sniffing dogs. So to maybe for listeners who aren't quite as familiar with agricultural reasons why we would need this to explain a little bit further. I mean, you and I know there can be easy cases or, or something as simple as somebody bringing in fruit from another country that they don't realize is carrying some type of a pest that can then be transmitted to our fruit here or our crops here in the United States. Yeah, I mean, very very often this is is uh, it's not major shipment necessarily. It could be an individual, you know, crossing the border with fruit and vegetables that they uh, that they're bringing with them, not knowing that it could be carrying um, pests that you know could proliferate once uh, being introduced into the U.S. agriculture space, uh, or something as dangerous as the African swine flu that could be really devastating not only to our growers, but also spike the cost of food to consumers. So this is this is a really serious function. And um, it's, it's why, despite the fact that it does have a nice ring to it, the cute name, the Beagle Brigade, it's a really serious issue. Yeah. And, you know, I think a good example that a lot of our listeners will be able to recognize, because I do broadcast in a 
in Florida as well. And so that would be with the citrus greening or Wong Wong Ming disease that has devastated Florida citrus. Um, that is something that is spread as easily as by having a, a tiny little bug on a piece of on a piece of fruit that uh, to the common eye, you wouldn't even notice it, but then it can go and it's devastating. It's almost completely wiped out Brazil's citrus crop. So, so again, just to reinforce the importance of this, but I want to be devil's advocate for just a minute and ask when you're stopping, you know, regular passengers at the airport, are there any privacy concerns with this? Well, I mean, there are laws that govern what people can bring in, and we certainly um, want to respect privacy, but this is not, this is a case of having, you know, these uh, dogs that can sniff out these pests, which are prohibited from being brought into the United States anyway, and just making sure that we have every tool available to enforce existing law. Uh, people do have the right to come and go, but they also have a responsibility for what they bring in to the country. And using all the technology that we have, including trained dogs, I think makes it easier for us to enforce existing law and, of course, uh, respect privacy, but also make sure that people who are traveling back and forth respect the effect that they could unintentionally have. And, and I, my suspicion is that anybody who, who, um, who would be subject to this, if, they're, if their uh, luggage, for example, is, uh, is determined to have a pest, they wouldn't want to be responsible for infecting um, their neighbors, uh, the agriculture assets in their community, they, I think they would want to know. And so this is, an, in fact, a way for them to, to make sure that they're being responsible as well. Yeah, and I think that you're right about that. Most people, you know, again, they probably don't even realize the potential problem and would want to know and not be responsible for a major agricultural outbreak here in the U.S., the Beagle Brigade Act has had some wide support from agricultural groups, um, also by caramel support and bipartisan support. So what are some of the things that you've heard from others who are supporting this act? Well, I think this is a good example of what we don't often see in Congress, although it happens every single day. And that is a bipartisan bill based on just good common sense logic, a proven uh, record of, of effectiveness support in the House and in the Senate. I mean, this is the kind of legislation that um, that ought to get to the president's desk sooner rather than later. And, you know, what I hear from people often is that they're pleasantly surprised to see the Democrats and Republicans, uh, members of the House and the Senate, can put aside the differences they have on other issues to do something that just makes sense. And, and, and I think that's what I want to make sure people see. You know, we can work together. And, you know, it's, it's the way I tend to operate, and I'm happy to be a part of it. I want to go off topic just for a minute, if you'll let me. Sure. You you also have a keen eye on trade. I was reading some of the things that you've done, uh, especially trade with Mexico. And I have been reporting about protections for specialty crops in trade deals, or, or the lack thereof, if you will. And I was wondering if you had any comment on that, on protecting, you know, the seasonal perishable crops, um, like what you have so much of in Michigan. For sure. Yeah, I do. And I know, you know, I've, I've pressed this point, particularly with the Mexican government. In fact, a couple of months ago, I went to Mexico and met with the president of Mexico to push him. And this had in particular to do with GMO corn. But there are other crops that were not prohibited as a part of the USMCA, the new U.S.-Canada-Mexico trade agreement, uh, but that occasionally our trading partners try to uh, effect 
and try to protect their own growers and to the detriment of our own. My view on it is, is, is we enter into these trade agreements, we ought to live by them, and that means having access to these markets. If they want to negotiate something else and want to offer something in return, we're all ears. But I, my job when I get up every day is to support the economy of the people uh, that I represent. And a really important part of that economy are the growers that I represent in Michigan. And I want to be their advocate, whether that is in making sure that they get the support they need through, you know, the workers that they need, for example. Um, you know, I've been an advocate of, of more support through temporary workers for ag or just making sure that markets are open for them. Um, I go to bat for the people I represent, and this is a really important way to do that. Thank you. And, you know, I just want to uh, open it up to you. So is there anything that you would like, anything else that you'd like for our listeners to know? Yeah, I mean, I think we, I'm anxious to see this farm bill move forward. Um, I, I recently introduced um, legislation to provide relief for American farmers uh, who employ workers through the H-2A program uh, so that they don't get hit with a significant um, extra cost for workers when they're already dealing with high costs for inputs as a result of you know the supply chain disruptions that we've gone through as a part of COVID. Um, I also want to protect you know, the American sugar program. I represent a lot of sugar beet growers. I know in Florida there are a lot of cane growers. The U.S. has always taken the position that we want to even playing field when it comes to domestic, domestically produced sugar. Um, you know, and I want to continue to make sure that program stays intact. I want to make sure that the, the, the programs, the SNAP programs that provide innovation, like the Double Up Food Bucks program in Michigan, which uh, increases purchasing power to buy locally grown fresh fruits and vegetables through the SNAP program, those are all things that support our growers and are good for the American consumer. And I'm hoping that as we go through this farm bill, we're going to be able to include much of that in this legislation. I would love to, if we can, schedule another uh, interview sometime when you have a little bit more time so that we can talk about H-2A and also the sugar programs, if you don't sure. mind. All right. Absolutely. Happy to. Perfect. I'll yeah, get in fact, on, on the sugar program, I've been pretty active on that. And uh, Last year, just about this time last year, went to the Dominican Republic to press them on some of their worst practices that do undermine cane growers and beet growers in the U.S. So I'd love to follow up. Yeah, let's do that. That'd be great. Well, thank you for your time today. I know you need to run, but I appreciate the few minutes that you had. All right. Thanks, Sabrina. Have a good day. You bet. Bye-bye. Thank you once again to Congressman Dan Kildee. That's this week's Agnet Weekly. I'm Sabrina Halverson. Thanks for listening.